the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Pastor John Allworth. Impulsive behaviors and addictions are rampant in our society. People are in bondage to alcohol, drugs, pornography, codependent relationships, and more. If you or a loved one is stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and continued destructive behavior, keep listening. Recovery Radio Houston with Pastor John Allworth and Tony B. starts now. They'll take your calls and share how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ saved them and can do the same for you or your loved ones. God wants you to walk into the light. Recovery Radio Houston is live. Good evening, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth coming to you from Recovery Radio Houston. I'm here with my co-host, Tony B., and we are excited, as always, on another Saturday night to be with you. How are you, Tony? Sup, sup, sup. Ready to go, Houston? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And God is uh, lighting up the sky outside. We can see a thunderstorm uh, where we're at, and it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, he wants you to know that he's still in control. Uh, we're going through some tumultuous times in our country and really around the world, but he's still on the throne. He's in control. He has a plan, and uh, he wants you to trust him. So we're here to offer a message of hope and encouragement. We want you to know that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter where you find yourself tonight, that God loves you, and God has a purpose for your life, a mighty purpose, and uh, he's going to open doors if you just let him. You know, Tony, he's always there if you just let him. Yeah, and it's a matter of faith and trust and acceptance of powerlessness. It is, it is, and turning your will and your life over to him, and your life will never be the same because uh, he's he's wonderful, and, and he'll take you places that you, you never thought you could go. So this show is about hope, the hope that Jesus Christ and a relationship with Jesus Christ offers to the lost, to the brokenhearted, and specifically, this program's for those that are under the bondage of addiction. You know, last week we had a good show, Tony. We had three guests, and I, I think the point of those guests is they had their own individual stories. Mm-hmm. But the point of those guests is, and and what we're trying to get across in this program is, God will open doors. Yes, and and He will He will move mightily in your life if you let Him, if you but turn your will over to Him. The door know? opens better when you're not trying to push uh, against it. I know. We you know we don't know how to open the door, man, <laughs> and. Uh, Sometimes we're banging on the wrong door. We want door. to break through it. Yeah, we do. Or we're yeah. working we're banging on the wrong door. Yeah. And he's got a better door for us. We had last week we had uh 
uh, Charles Miller, who who you know has overcome addiction through the Open Door Mission and is living his life for the Lord. Now we had Lenora Purvis, who's doing wonderful things. She's got a ministry called Heaven's Army, and mm-hmm. she's actually a survivor of the coronavirus yeah. and is doing great. and And she takes women uh, into her home, into this home, and the that have been sex trafficked and abused and and addicted and and just marvelous things. Then we had Pastor Charles Anderson. And uh, uh, Pastor Anderson was uh, is leads a ministry that goes into prisons and um, and transitions them. Transitions them. Let me see. I gave I gave our guest, our first guest, the wrong number because I expected him to be on hold Uh-oh. now, and I. Just you, looked at you haven't thing. memorized that number yet, Pastor. No, I have. I just hit the well, wrong button. Good, neither Chris, not. neither have I. <laughs> well, I, I told him uh, eight five. Wait a minute. Uh, which I one? got it right here. It's one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. One eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. So told, maybe he's listening. Yeah, I told him. Uh, one eight hundred eight five eight. So, Uh-oh. anyway, so tonight we're going to hear from uh, a couple of people. Assuming that that uh, we can get them on the line, um, that another another fellow from the Open Door, and he's got a wonderful story. I'm I'm familiar with his testimony because the Open Door Mission for for those of you that don't know is a is a ministry that takes in people that are addicted and uh, that are homeless. And uh, it literally transforms them. Uh, it, it's a holistic program that 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 addresses every aspect of of their needs. From and we're going to hear from him, so I'll let him tell. And then later we're going to hear from a man named Terry Carter, who uh, runs the World Wellness Today, and and he's a therapist that has an incredible. Uh, uh, approach to therapy it's innovative and and we're going to hear about how he's got some personal experience with addiction and he's got some uh some uh he's going to tell us also about which i didn't know tony do you know that they have uh, sober high schools now for kids that have been uh embroiled in addiction i could have used that uh, no kidding me too and <laughs> my, you know because my high school was not a sober high school. <laughs> you, you know man that's where i went down that road and and you know if I could tell somebody that age something, if they will let God into their lives at that age and change and not go down the road, because the road, you know, addiction is the wages of sin, as Paul says, are death. And and uh, if I could avoid so many of the things that that I went through and, and learn at that age, and if I was a parent and I knew how to help people. So, you know, we got good news about the open door also, though. We do. They're they're uh, want to talk about. They're they're going to uh, continue they're, to our partnership with us because yeah. you know the God has put uh, the Open Door Mission here in Houston, Texas. It is doing innovative things that nobody is doing across the country, yeah. and we're going to have Tommy Thompson on next week. And he's going to talk about a new program where they're not only helping the homeless and the addicted, but they're men that are that are uh, hospitalized in in the uh, public hospitals who are dealing with mental is- illness issues. They're going to serve as a place for them to be discharged, mm-hmm. so they can have some time to get on on their medications properly and receive the medical care. Uh, I, I enjoyed listening to Tommy so much when he called in last time, and it's going to be really nice having him uh, talk more about all of that. And I, I think it's really wonderful, and I'm very proud. To be supported by him, just wanted to say that. Yeah, he is. He's supporting our radio show, and uh, we want to support everything they're doing because they are really transforming life. You know, I say that, 
Jesus is transforming lives. Uh, Tommy's just being obedient. Uh, he is to, a wonderful vessel. Yeah, to, to what God has called him to do. And now that I've given the man the right phone number, we have Ricardo on line Yay. one. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, before Ricardo starts speaking, guys, remember if you're watching Facebook Live that you want to have the radio on so you can hear the callers because we want you to hear the callers as well as us. Yeah, Thank on you. Facebook Live, you can only hear us. Right. And, and uh, we're, we're trying to technologically. We're working on that. We're working on fixing it, but you can't hear the callers, and that's the most important part, not us. Yeah. But uh, So if, if you are on Facebook Live, t- you can tune in to KKHT uh, on yeah, 107. 100.7, 100.7 the word FM. I'm, my numbers are all off today, Tony. Thank goodness you're here. <laughs> but uh, 100.7 FM, you can also go to the the uh, KK. KHT website. Website, and there's a Listen Now button. You can also go to uh, the, the Word 100.7 yeah. app and, and hear it on your phone or, or on your other electronic device. Yeah. So, Ricardo, are you with us, brother? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good evening. We are good. Thank you for calling in. I'm so sorry I sent you the wrong number initially. I'm glad you... It, yeah, were, it, it, it was quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> did I save the day, Ricardo? Did you hear me? Did you hear me saying the number? Is that, is that what saved you? I texted him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I just seen it right there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, did you go to uh, some other type of uh, call-in program or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could say that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about because I think I did the same thing once before. And uh, anyway, what, that's for that's for another uh, that's for another idea. What's that, Tony? Nothing. Just okay. Put that on that. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, we're, we're, we're having Tony's, technical issues I'm tonight, Ricardo. T- Tony you is with me there? tonight because I'm, <laughs> I'm a mess. So, Ricardo, uh, tell us, tell us. We want to learn about you and, and what Open Door did in your life. Um, so, give us a little bit about your background. Where'd you grow up? Oh well. Uh, oh, one thing I appreciate you guys having me on here. You're uh, very welcome uh, for this program, and uh, it's uh, it's a blessing. I thank you guys. Um, well, originally from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I'm not from Texas, and I uh, actually came down here looking for work. And then, uh, make a long story short, uh, came to uh, end up being homeless. And uh, when, when did you come down? When started. did you When did you come down here to Texas to begin with? Um, it must have been. I went in the program on 15, around 14th, around there. Around 2014? Uh, 2014. Okay. Yeah. And and if you don't mind sharing, what, what, what were you struggling with? What was your drug of choice? No, uh, mine was alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thank the Lord that I didn't get anything uh, beyond that. Um, I always kept a job, held a job uh, good. It was just like a, probably like a functioning alcoholic. You know, I went to work every day and just basically coming home after work you know <laughs> yeah well functioning until you until you weren't but i i understand you know and, and ricardo that's i appreciate your transparency but alcohol you know is and of course drugs are horrible they're given yeah, to us yeah. by the enemy but but alcohol is the for, of course the most common form of addiction and it's legal in our society oh, yeah. so it's the easiest to get i think so, uh, i think oxy's are catching up yeah, probably so. Probably so. Yeah, uh, I've got my statistics over here in a minute. But anyway, so how did you end up homeless? What happened? Well, I came down uh, when when I came down to Houston, looked for work, and I did find some work. I was like an auto tech, and um, I, I had the job and everything. But uh, my addiction really just basically uh, I took my addiction with me and uh, lost the job due to my uh, excess drinking. You know, and I started drinking, not even showing up to work and everything, and they were just fed up with it. Um, so I actually that summer, I knew very well that it was, uh, I was living on the street basically. 
How um, long were you on the street? Uh, it was close to a year. Wow. The whole summer. Yeah, yeah. I was beginning later to the end of the summer till um, uh, um, the Harris uh, County uh, Hot Ridge team, the homeless team, uh, picked me up. Well, you know, that is uh, that we give uh, a lot of kudos to Open Door, but we got to give kudos to the Harris County Outreach Team. What is it called specifically? What's the name of it? it, it it's uh, it's um, Harris County um, Homeless Outreach Team. Um, for sure, they call it Hot Team. Hot Team? And yeah, actually, I was kind of the first one they picked up on that program. Um, it, it took a couple of times for them because they, they actually come in a fully clothed uh, uniforms officers, you know, and so that kind of threw me off right there. I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you wanted to run, I bet, first, yeah. So, well, well, yeah I was, you know, so and, what, uh, tell us about that. How did they approach you? What did they say? Well, they, they came and uh, then they're explaining when, oh, how I'm doing and everything and can I help you and everything. And uh, I was just really, uh, you know, on my toes about this because so, I didn't know what it did or anything. I was like, sure. pick me up and take, you know, and actually, they should, I think it was a good thing if it did. <laughs> but, it, uh, but, uh, but they told me what their program was. And, um, and I, I, when the first time I refused it, you know, I said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right. Cause I was sleeping behind a store. Um, what part of town were you in? Pardon me? What part of town were you in? Okay. When they picked me up, I was on, um, Veterans Memorial on Bamo Street. Okay, I know that around there. Are, yeah, yeah. And by 1960, around. See, I'm uh, that's I, that's all aside. I know right around there, right? Because uh, the job that I worked at, it was on Veterans Memorial Drive, okay. and so um, it, it was right around there. And so the second time they came towards me, you know, I, I, and um, this was later than that. Like I said, I, I just got in prayer about this thing, and uh, and it happened. They picked me up, and when they first told me. Um, I just said, okay, this take me to like, um, like a Salvation Army or you know somewhere I can just sleep. But um, all you were focused right on there, that's that's the way we are in addiction, Ricardo. It sounds like all you were focused on was getting through the next night and and figuring out a way to get right. some more booze, right? So. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. And when they told me about this program, uh, the Open Door Mission, um, and uh, they kept uh, talking, uh, give me, you know, talking about it. But uh, what it caught my eye was uh, was a Christian faith program. So you had and, Christ in your life before you drifted into addiction. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my whole family's uh, believers. You know, they they're a praying family. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I always knew the Lord, but what an advantage that was. Huh? Just, yeah. Well, way. you know, that's what's amazing and and something that I learned when I went through recovery and and really started following the Lord. There's always people praying for us. Yeah, and and yeah, exactly. you know, and the 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 power prayer is powerful. It's amazing you said that because I, when I realized how many people were praying for me, yeah, it it astounded me. I had no re, I had no uh, way of knowing that or P- people that. I barely knew were yeah. praying for me. The, the, people in New Covenant Church before I even got there were praying for me. Yeah, I mean that that's you know? amazing, and 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 you know what's also amazing about your story so far, Ricardo is. That God didn't just come and, and look for you once. He came a second time. And if y'all are out there and you're hurting and you don't know an answer, God will keep coming for you and will always be there with the, with his open arms when you're ready to answer. And so you were ready to you were ready to listen and, and it appealed to you that it was faith based and so what happened? Well, um so when they picked me up and like I say, I um I prayed about this, you know, this can help because I got I got to that point I was just I'm tired of this living, you know, living on the street. Yeah. And when I went in prayer, I, I believe, I, I, I believe now that the prayer that I prayed, it was, it was very, uh, very sincere. 
and I meant it, you know, I said, Lord, I need, help me. You know, I need some help, you know, put some people in my life. Cause, uh, you know, I was just by myself and it happened. It, it just happened. And then when they said, uh, it was, uh, Christian faith that, that, you know, got me right there. I said, Oh man, this is it. This is it. You know? So when they took me, um, like I said, I was on that side of town. I'd never been downtown, um, uh, Houston. So they're taking me, and uh, I didn't even know where I was going, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but when it was awesome. Um, when I came to the mission, um, the front part you you seen it. Um, it looked like the Alamo, you know. The the, the front part of it, you know, it's like this. Uh, you know, it was really neat how it looked, you know. And then it's huge. It's it's a it's a big campus. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So, but you were you were. You had gotten to the point where you didn't want to live like that anymore. You were sick and tired of being sick and tired, and um, and and you were ready for change. And so that's, you know, God will make a way if you'll just change your heart and realize that you need help. And it's so hard for us men because there you were, you were, you were, you came down from Michigan and you, you were had a good job and and you were, you know, at least until you couldn't do it anymore, you were skilled at your job and. And we're, we take pride in that. Men take pride in what we do. And we, we got to get past that pride because that pride is what the enemy uses. It cometh before something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Before destruction. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, so you got to the mission, and, and what happened once you got there? Well, when I got there back then, um, I, I stood in the program. Uh, my time was like, I think, eight months Okay. That I, I stood in this program. And basically, you're just confined there. Uh, you know, it, which is good. Um, That's what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, everything's all biblical. I mean, uh, I got up at five in the morning. I worked like the front gate. Everybody's assigned a you know uh, a work duty. You know, something to do. So I did that. Then you go to class. You know, so you're busy all day. You're you're, you're busy all day, and uh, so the whole outreach of me staying there and graduating and moving across the street. Uh, uh, the Mayfield House uh, is uh, it's like a, a transition uh, house for men over here. You know, once you graduate, they give you the option to stay here. Um, so basically, I said like uh, in the whole program, like two years, well, close to two years. Wow. So, well, tell us, just give us a real quick rundown on what a typical day is like at the mission. Uh oh, we lost them. He'll call back. Just hit redial. Yeah, Ricardo hit redial. So, you know, but this illustrates what we go through in, in recovery, t- Tony. I mean, this man was um, was uh, skilled. I've seen his testimony in, in, in the mission before. Mm-hmm. He was a skilled mechanic. He was making good money. And uh, he thought he and was a functioning. Are we having phone issues all over the place? <laughs> thought he was a functioning alcoholic, and he kept his job for a while. But ultimately... We will destroy ourselves in, in addiction. Here he comes. Yeah, we will destroy ourselves in addiction. It might be him on line one. Jim. And uh, we we tend to think, Tony, when we're in addiction, that when bad things happen to us, that that's the worst thing that could ever happen to us. Hmm. But when I look back, some of the worst things that happened to me were the best. Yeah. Because God was trying to hit me over the head and let me know that uh, that I was I was living I wasn't living right I wasn't living for Him and I was I was killing myself you know and uh, ultimately that's what it will do I don't care what you're addicted to ultimately it will kill you yeah. and uh, there, there's that's an absolute guarantee we are really having some issues with our phone lines aren't we Well 
is he on one? No, no we don't know yet because uh, although she hadn't typed anything in, but we're going from one to two to three. Here we go. There he is. All right, yeah. Ricardo, you back? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we had some uh, some difficulties here. Something something's <laughs> feeding back into the line too. Yeah, do you have your radio on? You might want to turn your radio off. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't have an audio. Okay, 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 we're good. All right. So we, uh, the qu- question I asked you, and you may not have heard it, was, "What is a typical day like at the mission? What are you doing with your time at the mission?" Well, first thing in the morning, that you're, you know, you're up by six. Um, you know, you're getting ready and everything. Um, you know, well, first thing, you, it's, it's. I like it when I was there. It's in the same. And just it goes to uh, today that uh, it's very disciplined because you're getting up and you're making your bed. You know, you're. You, you, you get up and start making your bed first, you know, and then you're, you're getting ready. You go in the chapel first thing, um, and then, you know, it's like a devotion. And then you're going to, uh, you know, go to breakfast, and your first class at around, you know, around 8 o'clock around there. And from there, you're just constantly, you know, in class. Uh, so, but you start, your, you start your day in church. What a wonderful right. day oh, yeah, to start definitely. every day. Yeah. I wish we could all do I, that. Uh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> no kidding. Be a little early, though. I get up at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, so you start your day, and then you have breakfast, and then you're in class all day. What kind of classes are you in? They're, they're okay. They're uh, um, they do a lot of uh, – well, we do like, like, you know, like celebrate recovery. It's more the biblical uh, principles of AA. Right. You know, which, which I like. I like that. You know, everything's all biblical on, on the 12 steps. And so, and they they do have, they're really big on education there, you know. So when the men are there, you know, they're tested and everything, uh, what grade level they are at, and they'll they'll start you off on a program, you know, from starting from there. So you're going to go out with with something there, you know. And um, then from there, it's still more classes, you know, biblical classes, there's smart recovery, um, there's this different sorts, you know. And they teach and, you. And, I, I, I understand they teach you. They teach men basic skills like computer skills. How to how to turn on a computer. Oh, how to, oh, yeah. how yeah, to get yeah, on the yeah, internet. Yeah. How to do how to write a letter. How to how to put a resume together. Uh, yeah. Tear your taxes. I mean, it's it's really a holistic program. Provide you medical care. I mean, it, it's amazing. And and you know what happens is because now we're going to hear about what happened with you. There's transformation. Jesus transforms lives, and so, and I know the number one principle at the open door is Jesus saves. So you were there for two years. So they didn't. It wasn't just eight months. You you chose to stay and and live across the street, as I understand. It. Is that right? Oh yeah, yes, absolutely. You know, um, I I uh, there was so much um, they offered there. You know, I yeah, I went to uh, you know like a hospitality <laughs> class with UH. Um, you know. It, there's so so much programs that I took advantage of it. You know, they offered it, and I, I, I you know, I went to them. Um, so, uh, yeah, around two years. And this is before then, the uh, before the hotel where I worked at, you know, came along. You know, so yeah, it, it was awesome. I, I, I chose to stay. And so, and and you know, that's a good thing because their heart is to help men, and that that option even exists. So, but while you were there, you you joined a group, didn't you? While you were at the at the mission. Oh yeah, I joined the ensemble. Um, actually, um, my first think week there, uh, when I got in the program, um, I joined there, and, and to this day, I, well, I I I do what I can. You know, I'm, I participate in, in the same uh, in the choir. 
or the ensemble. So there's, there's a there's an open door mission ensemble, and and people can hire them at different events. And when I've attended lunches there, of course, you know this is pre-corona, but they have lunches. There. I think it's the second Thursday of every February, and that's where I met Ricardo because he was singing in this group, and they entertained us uh, before the lunch started. It was really cool. What do y'all sing? We well, it's uh, we have an awesome. Uh, uh, ensemble director, uh, Fred Smith. I had to shout his name out there. Mm-hmm. He probably is going to get mad at me, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he comes on, he comes up with their, all our, uh, you know, our tracks and our songs, you know, they're all, uh, you know, Christian songs, you know, and, uh, they're, they're awesome. They're just upbeat and everything. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, John, I, now I remember you. I think I sat on your table when we were at the uh, lunch at the mission, I believe we did. I believe we did. I've been yeah. to a couple of them, but I believe we did. we yeah. had the privilege of sitting with each other. One, so what? Ha- so tell me about the program. Where are you working now? Um, uh, at the Marriott Marquis Hotel. And how many guys, graduates of the mission, are working there? At the point, um, what we have. When we first opened up the hotel, we had probably like twenty five, close to thirty men wow. up there. Yeah, it, it was a blessing that um, that they partnership with the mission. Um, it, it was great. It's great for the mission, you know, and plus plus the hotel too, you know, and uh, they give the guys a chance to you know to work there and give them an opportunity, you know, and it's 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 a good feeling. So not only I, do, you, I, do you get sober and, and, and you get skills, but, but they're working with faith-based employers who are, you know, have Christian values and are, are helping these men reintegrate. And you've been there. How long have you been working there now, Ricardo? I, I've been there since the, the opening, so it was like three years since we opened a hotel. And you've been promoted, and, uh, you know, because I saw your video, and, and uh, they, they've got a very valuable, dedicated employee. This man's life has been transformed. Uh, praise the Lord, and and my hat's off to the Marriott for doing that. So if you you ever need to to get away with your wife and you want to stay in a hotel downtown, stay in the Marriott because they're they helping open. folks. <laughs> yeah, when they open, yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. So uh, my hat's off to them, and my hat's off to you for transforming. I'm going to ask you a difficult question, and and um, uh, you know, because I, I want I, the purpose of this, is I want to give people hope and and to understand. When you were drinking your most, what how much? What were you drinking? How much? Oh, it it got to the point like uh, it was like a twelve pack, you know, a day. Then after that, it just progressed, you know. And really, it was just like I was constantly drink. Um, and it got to the point to like uh, next morning, and um, uh, like first thing in the morning, if I had it, it was gone, you know. So wow. it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was that point, you know. And then it really, it got to the point that it wasn't really. Um, affected me it was just so much in my my system you know probably my uh they felt like in my blood or whatever um it was just in my system so much that it really the more I drank it, it really uh uh affected me it just had to calm me down you know just it's well, like you, somebody drinking a cup of coffee you know you just had to you know drink it and there you go you know go to work that's how or, dependent you, know. you are on it yeah well you you develop a tolerance but let me tell you yeah. i've worked with a lot of alcoholics where where that you're in that stage for a while but ultimately, it gets to where your liver can't handle it, and now you get drunk on uh, sorry one, on one or two drinks uh, because you know your liver is, and that's that's when you're going to die of liver failure, mm. and that that's mm. that's the end road. So, how long did you drink for, Ricardo? Well, I 
uh, I remember drinking it like in school, you know what I mean? So I sure. started way early, way, way early. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it wasn't like progressing more than like till I came down here, you know. Um, I, I think I came down here when I came, because um, when I came homeless, and uh, that really uh, devastated me right there, you know. God, so, man, what am I going to do, you know? And you know, I don't know anybody. And it has got to the point like that. And it, what was uh, strange is that um, I was hanging around with uh, people that were in my condition, you know. And it's funny that I shouldn't say it's funny, but it's it's like they all stick together, you know, and support each other, you know. Go, oh, you need this, we can do, it, you know. And I looked at, wow, look at these guys, you know. It's and that's why I have a, a big, um, uh, you know, I, I'm very compassionate about the homeless because one thing I was there, yeah. and when I see people like, you know. Uh, down like this, you know, I, I go talk to them, you know, because there's been something there. that brought them to that point. Yeah. And I like to know, it's okay, what brought you down? What, what is it? You know, because I can, I can relate to it, you know, and there's got to be a better way to, uh, you know, we, we they can turn this around. God can turn this around. You're looking at a person right now, right in front of you, you know. And you, and, um, and you know, many people, that many men whose lives have been transformed, that he has turned it around. And, you know, there's there's a thousand different stories, but they're all the same. We become a slave to what we obey, and that's all we know, and that's all we care about. And we we lose who we are, and we don't uh, – we, we, we lose our values, and, and it becomes the most important thing in our life. And it's 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 terrible. But, but that's why we started this radio show, uh, Ricardo, is, is because we've – Tony and I have a desire to shout from the mountains that you don't have to live like this. You don't right, have to absolutely. be in bondage. You don't have to be a slave. God's got a better answer. So, listen, we appreciate you calling in, and uh, God bless you, brother. And, you know, the other thing I I do want to highlight about your story, and and we're about to go to break, but is that you keep going back to the mission, and you keep participating, because that's when we really get into recovery. You can't keep what you don't give back. That's right, and that's what Jesus wants us to do, is he he wants us to give back, and he wants us to help others, and that's when you supercharge your recovery. So, Ricardo, thank you, brother. Uh, good talking I to thank you. you. All right, we're going to be back in a minute. We're going to have uh, Terry Carter. Terry Carter, yeah, we got a three-minute break. And, Terry, if you'll hold on, I appreciate you calling in a little early, and, and uh, we're going to start back with you as soon as we come out of the break. Tony? You are listening to Recovery Radio Houston on a stormy Saturday night in southeast Texas. Hang in there, standby. We'll be back with uh, Terry Carter in about three minutes. Bye. Amen.
Welcome back to Recovery Radio Houston. We just interviewed a man named Ricardo who's uh, gone through the program at the Open Door Mission, and uh, his life has been transformed. He's gone from homeless on the streets and hopelessly addicted to alcohol to being a a three-year valued member of a new hotel downtown, the Marriott, and and just enjoying life. And you can hear in his voice the joy as opposed to the despondency that that he had when he was on the street. And, uh, you know, he he finally listened uh, when God was knocking and answered the door. And uh, God's always there, folks. And no matter where you've been, no matter where you find yourself tonight, there is an answer. And if if you've got a loved one or someone that's... uh, that's struggling with addiction, we'd like to help you. You can you can call us at one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. That's one eight hundred eight zero eight five five four eight. And we've got Terry Carter on line one. And uh Terry, thank you so much for being so patient. Uh we appreciate it. And uh welcome to the program. Hey John, how you doing tonight? Blessed, my friend, blessed and, and just be happy to to trying to do the best I can to to lead folks to Jesus Christ and to a new life of recovery, and I'm really uh, fascinated to hear about about your practice and and uh, so and I want to go through your personal experience with addiction, but first just give us a re- and we're going to go into this in detail in just a minute, but first give us a real uh, brief description of World Wellness Today and what that is. World Wellness Today is a website, uh, and, you know, you sit back and look at the world the way it is right now with our isolation and with everybody worried about the next person next to them being ill. Uh, I made up that name about 18 months ago, grabbed it as a URL out there, and was, was working on being certified as a rapid transformational therapist at the time and a hypnotist. And that background, it, just that name has actually wound up being a real benefit in the fact that it's it's something people focus on today. We're all worried about being well in, in as many ways as possible out there. And I'm in private practice, and I'm out on the west end of Houston. I'm in the Katy area, and I work remotely with my clients, so I'm all over the country. But rapid transformation is a unique and a powerful type of therapy that's out there for people. It's only been around about four or five years, so there are a lot of established therapists who do a great job, but they're not even aware of what rapid transformation is, and it's kind of a hybrid type of therapy out there, but it does use hypnosis. And by getting into the subconscious, there are just some amazing things that the, the mind is perfectly capable of giving us if we ask for it. Well, let's, and let's, let's really, get you let's, know, the startling part of the whole package is I'll, if we ask for things from our subconscious, we get phenomenal results. Yeah, you know, the, the root of addiction is often in our subconscious and certainly in our formative years. And I want to get into that in just a second, but tell folks a, a little bit about you. How, how long have you been a therapist? I've been a therapist for just about a year now, and I have been a kind of a coach and a mentor and doing one-on-one um, talking, you know, helping people on the mentoring side for probably 20, 25 years. Okay. And you... So this is actually the first time I've been, I've been uh, set up as a therapist. And but, but you have some personal experience, and one of the things that I think perhaps drove you to help people is you have some personal experience with addiction. Is that right? I do. I do. Um I have to tell you up front, personally, I, I probably uh, really can't relate or couldn't have related to the situation of what it's like to be in recovery or in addiction until my daughter, about 16 years old, my youngest daughter, um, 
you know, we kept getting these calls from the high school about different things that were going on. And we found out that my youngest daughter, who is now 25, was an addict and she was in high school. And, you know, we're two hardworking parents. We're out there putting in some hours and we're still paying attention to our kids. We think we're doing everything right. Yeah. We were totally unaware that she was like leaving her room in the middle of the night, coming back just before it was time to wake up. And she was out all night doing drugs and everything else you can think of. And really, it was her recovery path from that, which took a couple of years, that we learned more than I could ever imagine. And the fact that Houston is actually the the heart of recovery for young you know, teenagers and, and early 20 people in the whole country, because I saw people move here from across the country to bring their kids to wow. go to school down here and to get outpatient and inpatient care for their kids. Well, let's it was amazing. Pre- let's break that down, because you just, you just unpacked a lot. So, because there are parents out there that are, you know, I was visiting with a man today who says, listen, I raised my kids in a godly home. I did everything I could. I took them to church. I talked to them about the Bible. I, I ch- ch- showed them love. And now his kids are doing good now, or at least one of them is, kind of like your daughter. But but they still go down this road because we live in a world that is, uh, the, the, you know, is under attack, man. And the addiction is rampant well, in our you know society. What, though, it also speaks to the depths of the disease. Yeah. The disease does not uh, pick and choose just the... Uh, the, the downtrodden, you know what I mean, for no, lack of a better word. No, it, 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 it does not discriminate. That's a good point. It, it knows yeah. no boundaries socioeconomically, race, yeah. religion. Uh, it, it knows no boundaries. Plus, it doesn't hurt the fact that these high schools now are so big and so populated that there's so much going on that only so many people can watch. And, you know, and, and the wealth sure. of our country to some degree works against us because, mm. you know, we're, we're so prosperous that these kids can find ways to. And that's where it started for me. You know, yeah, I, me I, I was a teenager and, and as I said last week, uh, in an alley smoking marijuana trying to impress a girl. You yeah. know, the peer pressure is just uh, overwhelming. And then, and then frankly, you know the reason we do it is it felt good. You know, so we we don't we have no concept of the road it's leading us down and how destructive it could ultimately come. But see, there's a difference between the kid that smokes a joint, yeah. right, once in a while, or drinks some beer when he's with the older kids or whatever, and then there's the kid that starts it, likes it, and then can't stop it. Yeah, and that's where I was talking about where the disease does not discriminate. Yeah, well, there's a genetic yeah, predisposition, exactly. I think, towards yeah. it, towards it, and and and, and uh, so you so you, you discovered your daughter was doing all these things that here you are attentive parents and you didn't even realize it for a while. Well, yeah, and and what's interesting is I had one of the like the the police officers for the school district take me aside and say, "Look, you know your daughter's doing stuff. I know your daughter's doing stuff." But there's nothing as a parent that you can do about it. And he had been through a 12-step program himself like 40 years before. He said the best thing you can do right now is to go get some help and get her out of the school and put her in a safe place where she can detox and learn what it's like to be sober again. Because right now she has no idea. And I can tell you, we we went to the park, which is over off Gessner. Sure. And that was a great starting point, you know, for her. But she came out and she didn't know what the next step was. And we were being told the next step should be an outpatient program and she should get back into school as soon as she can. And it was months before she went back to school. But fortunately, there was a really a phenomenal school system set up by Archway Academy here in the Houston area um, that is phenomenal. And I, I do want to mention also, you talked about the socioeconomic thing. The kids that I got to know 
who are my daughter's age, these kids were really amazing. They were, some of them just pure brilliant, some of them amazing artists, guitar musicians, singers, painters, photographers, amazing, amazing talented kids. And they were mostly from upscale homes because a lot of so recovery, a lot of that is, is not, not free, let's put it that way. It does cost a bit. And there were a lot of people that I know who could not afford to put their kids into a program like that, which is really a shame. Yeah, we should focus on recovery throughout our society. Is is that that should be where the focus is? Tell us about these sober high schools. I'd never heard of that before, and I think that's well, amazing. What you were just talking about, people moving to Houston. Tell us about that in this Archway Academy. Uh, people need Archway to hear about this. Archway Academy is they are an amazing school. Um, if you you know if you know kind of the history that's out there, Archway Academy is one of the rare schools. They are located at the Palmer Episcopal Church which is where, you know, kind of things got started back in the 70s in the Houston area. And Archway has graduated since 2003 when they first opened up. They graduated about 350 kids. They they normally graduate about 20 or 25 a year. And what's amazing is their attendance rate at school is about 93% every day, which is phenomenally high for any school. And their, their college attendance rate, the kids who go on to college, is about 94%. Wow. So they're really doing something right, and they don't teach like a normal high school. I haven't had the pleasure of sitting in on one of their classes, but my daughter has explained to me, and I know some of the teachers that are also involved, and I have to tell you the director, the executive director, is a lady uh, who is just phenomenal. She is an amazing lady, and she's a good friend of ours at this point. And my youngest is now nine years sober. She's married. She's living a full life. Praise the Lord. And she came out of that school, I think she was number two in the class, there were like 20 kids in the awesome. graduating class or something like that at her time. And that was back in 2013. So do they actually have yeah. recovery curriculum at this high school? Do they actually? Uh, oh, he's still on there. Terry, are you there? We're having... An hour or so. Oh, oh, we, we you lost go. you for a little you while. cut out there for a minute. Oh, okay. Could you repeat that answer, please? Yeah, because we yeah, lost Arch, it. Archway has an, they have LCDCs, Licensed Chemical Dependency Counselors, on site. So the first thing they do in the morning is they have everybody kind of do a check-in to make sure every, you know, what their situation is like, if there was a breakup overnight between a, you know, a boy and a girl, or there was a fight at the house, or whatever it might have been. All the kinds so of things can, that could trigger uh, relapse, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. Exactly. And then they let the teachers know what to expect from the kids as they go into the classes that morning. And it's a very interactive teaching situation. It's never, I don't think they ever do the thing where, you know, you stand up at the front of the room, the teacher writes something on the board or tells them to memorize this chapter in a book. I don't think it works like that for them. I think it's much more interactive and entertaining than that. Hmm. So how would, how would a parent who's wondering if their child is uh, has a problem or has had a child arrested or has had reports from school – how would they? How would they get a hold of this archway? What's the admissions process? Is it? Do they have scholarships? Is it uh, only for those that can afford the tuition? They have. Um, last I heard, I mean, you want to talk to their admissions people, and Sasha is the executive director. She's phenomenal. Um, and today, I talked to their director of community relations to just make sure I had my facts straight because my daughter hadn't been there in a while, so I wanted to make sure I had the numbers right. And uh, Jamie Edwards is is really really smart and. On you know she knows how to. How 
Terry's cell phone is having issues. Terry, we lost you again. Um, hey, John, there you are. Yeah, there we go. When it when it clicks, I guess we're on hold for a minute. Yeah, we are. <laughs> but uh, what is going on? Well, dead air is not good air. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's, an, that's an amazing program, Tony. Yeah. Well, I heard about okay. the. Oh, there we go. There we go. So the, the website is archwayacademy.org, and they do have an admissions process. You do have to be sober uh, when you're when you're there when you're going. Your your responsibility is to be sober when you get there and to do the work that they that they ask of you. But it, again, it's in a whole different environment. It's not nearly, you know, the the kind of the boring part of school that I'm you know that I was aware of when I went to high school back in the 80s. Well, you know, it's you it's know? it's true that that a lot of people who are have propensity to addictive addiction are creative, they're type A personalities, they're go-getters and and they just get yeah. going down the wrong road. So what you've described is a lot of really creative kids who got going the wrong way but for, for you know, God intervened and and got them pointed back in the right direction. And and that's got to have something to do with this rapid transformational therapy. I want to hear about that. We well, let me time. ask one more question, though. Yeah. So, because uh, we didn't ever hear. So, do they have some scholarships? Are they able oh. to to get some public funding if if your kid goes from from public school over there? I mean, do they they work with parents because not everybody can afford a private school? All right, I'm not the expert on the school, but I can tell you what I remember is they have scholarships. They are privately funded by donations, so they have no government money. So the government, you know, they can't tell them how to run their their program, how to run their class. Right, it's better we're not depending on the government for this anyway. I love that people give from their abundance for this stuff. Yeah, well, you know, you know we need to have Sasha on here, and we need to uh, yeah. promote this. But let's get into your practice, Terry, and uh, I agree with Tony. Tony. Uh, Rapid uh, Transformational Therapy, that sounds so cool. I want to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, let's hear about that. I appreciate that. Rapid Transformational Therapy, as I mentioned to you, it's a newer hybrid therapy out there that has three just absolutely massive strengths that benefit pretty much all clients, doesn't matter whether they're in recovery or not. First off, we discover what the root cause is in the first appointment that we sit down and talk to somebody. And and rapid transformational therapy is also exceedingly fast. If you've ever been to or know somebody who's been to a talk therapist, that can take sometimes months or years. We try to solve problems completely and trans, transform them in a situation that lasts one to three sessions. And each session is maybe an hour or two. We do about one to three sessions to change, basically, their understanding of what happened to them. A lot of times it is something that happens in youth. Right. And then the third characteristic is that rapid transformation creates a permanent upgrade that is basically, it's a lifetime change. It's not just, you know, helping somebody quit smoking, that kind of thing. It's actually a lifetime value. So not only do they stop smoking, but they get better health, they get more joy in their life, more better relationships. All of that is included into that type of package. So it kind of sounds like you're you're cutting out a lot of psychological red tape. Yeah, we try not to just like overwhelm people with scientific terms. Right. We just we just tell them, you know, with a little bit of hypnosis, which basically they're still in control. So anybody that's afraid of hypnosis has been watching too many TV movies where they, you know. Show you totally without any power against this thing. So the one but que- realistically, you're in control the whole time. The one question is, I'm really intrigued by this. The one question I have for you about that is, what does that work? Uh, is that very efficient with like emotional disorders or like like a high anxiety yeah. ridden person or something like that? 
It's still well. I will tell you the, the one thing that you have to have is the person has to come in wanting to make a change. Like there you go. Mom or dad can't grab right. somebody in. They, they want to yeah. Run. Okay. Well, that's, well, that's true. That makes sense. Now you know yeah. Tony and I yeah. believe, and we have seen in our. our Tony and I believe, and we have seen in our ministry, Break Every Chain, which uh, is going to start meeting again here on Friday nights at 901 Wilson Road. We believe that Jesus can, God can deliver people uh, instantly, and we've seen it happen. People walk in the door, and they're delivered instantly. And so this is uh, God working through you, my friend. It sounds like what you're doing uh, can help people instantly, too. And that's the key. they got to want to change, man. you got to well, want it. The, and the, the man said, not the exact word, but the willingness it's about the willingness, and then the admit, submit, and commit. That's right. But yeah. that all starts with willingness. So summarize for us how rapid transformation therapy could help somebody in recovery or that, that wants to get sober from drugs or alcohol or whatever they're in bondage under. Absolutely. Every, every recovery journey is going to be unique. So there are always, but there are always going to be some commonalities there and some universal things that we can tie into. And I start by, you know, sit down and talk to people and just get to know where they are. And then from that point, we help them find. Oh, my goodness. You got to bring this guy in the studio because yeah, <laughs> you know, we're having these technological difficulties. And, and once we get past this corona, we are planning on having guests in studio yes. where, where we can take calls. And there he is. There you are, Terry. Yeah. Come on back. Yeah, I was going to say, basically what we do is we take whatever has happened in somebody's life. Let's say they go back to the scene when they were eight years old and their mom or dad was rough to them. You know, whatever, whatever prompted that. And we help them kind of look at it from an adult point of view, because what happens when you're a kid is you don't have any choice on this. Everything depends on what your parents do for you. And the, the kind of the universal qualities of that are, number one, anytime something happens that's traumatic, even if it's a peaceful, let's say, grandparent passes away and grandpa no longer comes over to the house, and the kid notices that because they're used to seeing grandpa all the time. And if nobody talks about it at the house to explain how that happened, the child will naturally assume I'm the reason Grandpa is not coming over anymore, because nobody says, "Hey, Grandpa passed away," and this is what that passing away is. So the kid takes the blame for that. That is a natural phenomenon that almost every kid does that. And when they do that kind of thing, they also emotionally stop growing in a lot of situations. They will kind of lock in on an age, maybe eight years old, and they won't move past it because there's this trauma here or this. You know, this adverse childhood experience, which there is a test for this, which I give to most of my clients, called an ACE test. And it's an ACE questionnaire. It's 10 simple questions, yes or no. And in two or three minutes, I can have people fill that out and Mm. learn so much about what's really bothering them, where their history may be. And then we talk about that. And again, that's if they're they're willing to come in and talk about it. And be open. Yeah. You got to want to get help. You got to want to get help. I'll offer I'll offer it to your the folks listening to your program tonight. There, you can go to you can Google it and you can find ACE questionnaire. Download that thing, ten mm. simple questions, and, and answer it for yourself. If you're a zero or a one, you don't have too many adverse. I mean, things that are truly going to affect you. But if you've got a life that is full of physical pain, illness, chronic heart disease, cancers, all kinds of things that you want, a lot of times that can be traced back in more than. 44 million Americans, that can be traced back to mental health disorders, emotional disorders that we talked about, Mm. and also 25% of people who have a high ACE score had a parent who was addicted to alcohol. So that tends to run generationally because an addicted parent will tend to torment or somehow 
give their child an adverse or traumatic event, and then that child, if they don't get it addressed, and that's the big thing, they just need to go address it with mm-hmm. some professional help. And they if Google, they don't get it addressed, they grow up and become the next generation. You, of right. That, you know, that's interesting. That you said that. For that abuser. Say again, what do you exactly Google for that? ACE what? It's just ACE questionnaire. ACE questionnaire. It stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, Terry, what you just said is, I think, so true uh, because uh, I'm a child of an alcoholic. And my sister, uh, when my mother died and passed away, we were both traumatized. And, and she went and got professional help. And uh, she, she's not an addict. You know, she never got addicted. I'm not an addict anymore anyway. I'm a child of God now. There but, you go. but I went down the addiction road. So, uh, you know, I think that's 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 important. And uh, I, two, two more questions real quick because we're running out of time, Terry. Um, you're a Christian. This is how we hooked up with you yes. through the Christian Business Network. So you're a practicing Christian. So people need to know that uh, because God is ultimately who, who solves all of our problems. Uh, and secondly, um, how do people get a hold of you if, if they want to explore this and talk to you about perhaps uh, getting this treatment? Well, we do something that's free. We offer to everybody out there, especially during this uh, trying times of COVID. And you just go to the website, which is worldwellnesstoday.com, and there's a spot on there where you can book what's called a possibility call. That is a free conversation where we just talk about what's going on in your world, and we talk about whether that's something appropriate that I can help with. Or you can email you udtherapy at gmail.com at gmail.com or you go to world Absolutely. wellness uh, today website and see if terry can help you and he's a he's a christian and a supporter of this program and we appreciate you having having you on terry we'll get you back uh in a month or two and because i want to explore more about uh how people uh in a family are adversely affected and how children react to it because that's certainly my story and and but you know we don't have to be we don't have to be bound by that we're, there's there's ways we can deal with things and and uh keep up the good work my friend god bless you and thanks for uh, visiting with us about the about the high school programs and programs available to children so they don't go down the road god bless you thank you terry my pleasure thank you john good night so, Tony, uh, how can people hear the program if they don't catch the oh, live? Yes. Uh, just because the show's over doesn't mean it can't be heard again. Amen. And if uh, y'all out there want to hear any of our previous episodes and listen to them in succession from the beginning of the show till now, you all only have to go, uh, download the Google Podcast app or the Apple Podcast app and put in the search engine Recovery Radio Houston Podcast. And our logo will pop up and all of our episodes will be on there. They're usually... If the show is on Saturday, they're up and uh, on the podcast by Tuesday, Wednesday, the latest. So that way you can keep up with us and follow us. And they're also labeled if you want to. Uh, yeah, the topics are on there. The topics are on there if you want to go to ones that just interest you. You can also go to the kkht.com web, uh, website and, and you can find the podcasts on there. So we urge you to do that. We had a great program today and we, tonight. We appreciate our guests. We had a great program last week. Next week, we, we, we have are, a great program every week. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> as long as Jesus is with us and we're That's having right. a good program. That's all we, we need. You know, and we, we just want to reach out to people. We, you know, we don't have all the answers, but we know somebody that does, and, right. and that's that's when you when you turn your life and your will over to Him. And we believe in secular recovery. We believe in therapy. We believe in AA. We believe in everything. But if you want a supercharged supernatural recovery, then you combine it with faith based. Yeah, go where it all comes. Where from. it all comes from. Yeah. Just join us next week. We're going to have uh, Tommy Thompson. 
who uh, is the CEO uh, of the Open Door Mission. He's Tommy gonna, T. He's going to tell us about uh, the new programs that, that are coming on board at the mission, and we'll be talking to him about how they're going to come out of this coronavirus. And, you know, our hearts just are so warmed every time we talk to Tommy about how wonderful the mission is and how they're helping the homeless transform their lives. And we're going to hear from another guy, a guy named Dan Caldwell, who's also a Christian therapist who's who's helping people out in the community. That's what we're here to do is provide hope, and help to folks and steer you in the right direction. Hopefully we can get back to having people in the studio when this corona passes and taking some more phone calls. Uh, We love you here at Recovery Radio Houston, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Amen. So God bless you. Tony, any parting words? Um, Tune in to us next week, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time on 100.7 The Word on Facebook Live. This is Recovery Radio Houston signing off. See you next week. Be safe out there. God bless.